0: My body started rejecting meat and I just decided to follow that intuition become almost vegan just have a piece of meat when my body was craving it and so you know following your third eye and getting it balanced can actually cure a lot of physical things as well like iron deficiency wow so I mean that's that's following third eye intuition true or working on third eye and getting it all um, very cleared and opening yourself up that way
1: nice Hey, Monica, I'm going to stop for a second. Laura, are we doing a regular um, start off with a conversation thing? It's only our group here. There's no extras right now. Do we want to start it like we did last week or we just want to continue the conversation?
2: Because we're going to turn this into a podcast, we want to start from the very beginning. So we start out with the discussion. By the way, Laura Jones is coming too. She said she's on her way. She's going to be a little late. So we want this to be um, in the format that we can put on our podcast. And then an exercise is going to come after we're finished discussing it. And then if people are on here, they can ask questions. And I have my TikTok live going on right now. So if they have questions, we will uh, let them ask after the panel is finished speaking.
1: Okay. So your TikTok live okay. is going to hear the panel conversation?
2: Yeah. Can you all hear me all over there? Can wow, you hear the, great... the conversation on the phone?
3: That's awesome. That's a
2: great yeah. idea. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. Phoenix, go live if you want on a different device. Brilliant. (laughs) Okay, yes, they said they can hear me. They said they can hear loud and clear. Awesome. Hi, guys. Thank you for letting me know, So, yeah. Yep. So we have several people on TikTok watching us, too, right now. Awesome.
1: Okay, so, Laura, later on you will uh, just give us their questions, then, as they have them.
2: Yes. When you all have questions, like I said, we're going to go through um, talking about third eye awake, uh, third eye activation, what to expect, and then from there, we're going to do an exercise to help you open your third eye. Christine, can you do that?
1: Sure. Sure. Not a problem.
2: Okay. And then after that, we're going to open it up for questions.
1: Okay, so let. Okay,
2: Christine, you want to be moderator?
1: Uh, I can sort of be moderator. I'm more of a storyteller than a moderator, but I will do my best. And I will start the whole thing by a story that I shared with Phoenix earlier today that I think is really appropriate. Because what we realize is a lot of people don't know when their third eye is open and what that means to their reality and how it impacts them. And I was probably, let's see... I had already had a massive heart attack and died, and was looking back at you know what did it mean to my life, when I remembered that I had had a um, what I thought was a dream when I was eight years old, and in that dream I was outside walking along my street where I lived, and there was a lot of mist settling on the windows, and you I could look up at the street lights and I could see the mist between the streetlights and myself and I lived in Pensacola Florida so that that might help some of you see what the weather was like and I also know that at that time in my life I was too young for my parents to allow me to be outside at night I mean come streetlights I was in the house so there, there was no chance that this made any sense to my my little brain that I was outside all by myself walking down the street and another thing I noticed is that there were a lot of cars on the street and during the day, all those cars were people that were at work. And by the time the evening came and it was getting dark, I was in the house. And so I never knew how many streets parked on my car at night. And as I was walking down the street, I came to this one car, and a cat walked out, turned to me and hissed. And it startled me so much that I woke up in my bed. And I thought that was really interesting um, that I had that strange dream. But now as I look back, I realized that it wasn't a dream, that my third eye was already awake and functioning properly otherwise I couldn't have been out of my body with any conscious awareness of that. And I do believe that a lot of us have an activated third eye but don't know what that means or how to actually use it for our favor and I would like if 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 everyone would like to share some of these oddball experiences and let's look at how they are actually part of the third eye that's working in our lives
2: thank you Christine would you um, like to go through and introduce everybody or would you like me to do that
1: oh please do that Laura
2: okay so my name is Laura Cantu and I will be introducing you to all the panel speakers today Uh, the first person that you heard speak was Christine Contini Christine Contini is a spiritual teacher uh, experiencer she's had three near-death experiences and every near-death experience she had she learned something brand new. Do you want to say a little bit about yourself Christine?
1: I am also a mother of six which I think gives me a unique perspective because each of my children are unique in their own ways and having to bring them into a world where they have to function as a whole being has given me insight into how to be kind to ourselves. And I believe that's a really big part of our spiritual awakening.
2: Excellent, thank you, Christine. The next person I would like to introduce, her name is Phoenix. Phoenix is on TikTok. And Phoenix, would you like to introduce yourself to us and let us know a little bit about yourself?
4: Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, wow. There's a a whole lot and hardly anything at all, really. Um, I am newly sober again, so I'm six months uh, clean and sober. And uh, what happens when I'm sober is I become aware of of, of third eye intuition. I have a lot of uh, uh, sort of spiritual experiences, and so uh, the longer I stay sober – uh, this time, the more I'm getting back in touch with that. And so this is, uh, being here and listening and speaking is, is really helpful for me. Thanks.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Phoenix. And now I would like to introduce Hanaya. Now, um, I didn't say this in the beginning, but if we could all keep our answers between one and three minutes uh, for each and every answer that we give during this, we want to keep the conversation going. So, Hanaya, can you please introduce yourself and let uh, let people know a little bit about uh, you. Hi. Um, I'm
5: fairly newly spiritually awakened, and just remembering things that used to be true for me when I was a child. I was always talking to spirits, angels, etc. And now I'm doing that again. I'm very happy to say, um, nature spirits, etc. And I've taken the interest of energy healing is something I'm working on um, gathering my training in Reiki and so forth. And, um, I look forward to sharing that energy with everyone. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Thank you. And the next person that I'm going to introduce is Monica. Monica, I can say something about you. I can say several things about you, but I would really like for you to introduce yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, let me think uh, well i have been in the spiritual sort of path for maybe 15 years now um like a little bit at a time but the the more i've been learning the more i realize you know what um i've been realizing that these are things these are things that i have actually known as a child And I grew up being very open. And I mean, I didn't have as a child all these experiences of speaking with spirit and seeing all these beings or anything like that. But always I knew things. I knew things. And there was times where I clearly heard a voice, which I'd hear it in my head as a child in my own voice. So I just thought, okay, this is just, you know, a thought that I'm having. But looking back, I realized, you know, I knew all these things as a child. I knew all this. I did all this. I did Reiki, you know, by fluke because it came up and the need for it came up, um, when I was nine, ten years old, when my father injured his back. And, um, I mean, there's so many examples of different experiences I've had through my life and I just never really considered that this was, I'm speaking with spirit because to me it was such a natural instinctive flow that it, it didn't occur to me that this is anything outside of me. And, um, for the last I've been on the path for a while, and then I met my husband, Jason Quit, and I got to meet so many more people at these different conferences that I'd go to with him that were on the same path, and hearing all these stories just made me realize, you know what, Um, this is a very natural part, and, and it just helped me sort of reconnect more with my own intuition, with my own truth, so to speak.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing, Monica. And I totally agree. There's a lot of people who have been using their psychic abilities and their third eye for so long, and they just don't know how to recognize what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, John.
2: Yes, absolutely, John. Let I would like for you to introduce yourself, please. Says another panel speaker, John.
6: Hello, uh, my. It says that my signal is not too good right now, uh, so hopefully you can hear me. Uh, does it sound all right?
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. we can hear you. Yeah. Okay.
6: Um, yeah, I am the, uh, one of the co-founders and president of uh, Modern Masters the, at modernmasters.org, and we are a uh, online spiritual community, and uh, my personal journey has been kind of long and varied like many of yours Um, I think I'll kind of keep it short to the third eye experiences that I've had. Um, I think it's kind of similar to, to what, what Monica was saying in the sense that, you know, when that, when the kind of intuitive, um, messages come through as you're younger, or as you're just getting started with some of this spiritual practices, it doesn't, it doesn't, it isn't immediate to be recognized as a third eye. And I think that that was true in my case where, um, you know, I would have a lot of experiences as I grew up with um, sometimes audio things that would come through or dreams or um, out of body experiences. And learning to recognize those for what they are, I think is one of the hardest parts of uh, beginning the spiritual path, and and then as you get better at that discernment, um, it becomes a lot more exciting, and uh, your confidence grows in your own abilities. And I think that um, you know that's something that I'm still working on in terms of of really having a good understanding of when i um, getting intuitive hits or when they're my own kind of personal ideas or or, or thoughts that are coming up. Um, but I think that journey is something that is uh, something that would be interesting to talk about tonight.
2: Yes, thank you so much, John. I really appreciate your in, your input there. Yeah, so many of us expect for um, the abilities that we have to feel like something that's outside or different than ourselves. And that discernment part that you brought up is really a key in recognizing um, when, third, when you're actually using your third eye. So thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate it. The next person i would like to introduce you is samuel samuel can you please introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about your experiences with third eye awakening
3: thanks laura uh good evening everybody my name is sam stewart i uh, live in northern california with my eight-year-old daughter um i'm a graduate student to become a counselor and in fact my just remembered while john was speaking my first experience being told about the third eye or even the idea of it was in a counseling section. Um, And at that time, I would not say I was on the path or a seeker yet, Um, but it sowed a seed. And after um, a divorce, I decided that some of the reason that led to that was not listening to intuition at all. And I sort of um, kind of became a warrior for researching and finding all the information I could about it you know just reading whomever I could and uh, so in five years um, I've been a seeker since 2006 but for the last five years I took all the kind of doctrine that I learned and it seems now the universe is um, helping me use my intuition to kind of remove some of the doctrine into um, more openness and just sort of see everything as opposed to just a singular path and um yeah and i try to live my life kind of feeling the ebb and flow of what the universe and god is trying to tell me um through intuition and it's a focal point of uh of my day
2: awesome thank you so much for sharing sam i really appreciate your perspective and how uh you feel you've done all the research and you've kind of taken a an approach that's a little bit uh, more academic uh, and experiential, then just, um, you know, you, you bring in that value for the academic side and the study. So thank you for that.
7: Thank you.
2: Um, yeah, the next person I would like to introduce is Laura, Laura. Um, I actually, I'm just going to let you know how I met Laura. I met Laura on Second Life years ago (laughs) and we hit it off and she's been studying all kinds of, uh, Chinese medicine and all yoga and meditation. So Laura, can you please introduce yourself yourself and also let us know a little bit about what your uh, experience has been with your third eye uh, activation and awakening? Hey, thanks,
8: Laura. <laughs> Hopefully everybody can hear me. It's my first time actually talking on this thing. It's working.
2: Yeah, we can hear you.
8: Perfect. Um, yeah. Thanks for inviting me to this. Um, It has been a really long time since we've met, and it is hilarious. Every time I think about that, it was like, what, almost a decade ago now? (laughs) Um, Longer, longer. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, Right, gosh, my journey has been all over the place. At the moment, I am also a grad student, actually. Um, I'm studying the Sanskrit language from South India and area, Um, and trying to Uh, my research is is focusing on currently (laughs) depictions of yoga um, in poetry throughout time um, to see how it was practiced um, if it was practiced in any kind of physical form or metaphysical form or as a meditation, etc. And going into it with an open mind just to see what it was defined as um, and it's I'm pretty new to that particular aspect of it. Um, I've been studying, yeah, all kinds of medicine systems and energy systems and stuff Um, basically my whole life. I mean, I had the internet when I was a preteen and got into all kinds of different forums and chatted with people and learned about all kinds of stuff through that and have just kind of went where the people I met took me as far as learning about stuff and understanding people's experiences and trying to contextualize my own experiences in that. Um, I think at different stages in my life, I've experienced different types of, um, I want to say relationship, I guess, (laughs) with third eye and all kinds of um, really everything, energy work, uh, medicine, mental uh, mental well-being is what I was trying to say. (laughs) And all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's been, it's been quite a interesting worldwide journey.
2: So thank, you so much, you. Yeah, yes, thank you so much, Laura. Yes, thank you. I think it's amazing that you're studying Sanskrit and, you know, you're, you're taking the, you're on your journey and you're also doing the ap- academics. And I know you've actually traveled overseas too, uh, yeah. in your pursuit of, of this awakening and this knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for sharing. And my name is Laura Cantu, and um, I have always had an extremely active imagination, and at times it's been difficult to tell my imagination uh, to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, a, there was one point in time in my life where um, I would see things. I would, you know, I'd be seeing what people consider ghosts and things like that, and I thought they were real people and then someone would come out and they're like, who are you talking to? And I would try to introduce them to these real people, but no one, but they couldn't see them. And to me, they were as solid as anyone else. Um, and I, I thought, well, am I going crazy? Uh, what's going on with this? Why can't other people see what I can see? And then, um, people told me that it was just my imagination and I put myself down for many, many, many years as, you know, kind of, I I was embarrassed enough where I would say, well, yeah, I'm just the weirdo of the group. So I would always make excuses for myself um, if I ended up, you know, having something like that happen. And then eventually I realized that it was my third eye that was turned on and that there was nothing wrong with me. And in fact, I could just see and do things that other people couldn't do, and there was nothing wrong with that. So that's my experience with Third Eye Awakening. And now, Christine Contini, we are going to let turn this over to you and let this conversation get started.
1: Awesome. Wow, Laura, that's some really good input, because I think most of us have those moments of feeling like we're on the outside of reality, and we're different from everyone else when the Third Eye is activated. And... There's two parts of this. i want to go over a little bit of history and then we'll go into some conversations with the, with the panel. But one of the things is we have what we call the veil and we tend to hide behind the veil, even though the third eye is active. And I think that's part of what most people didn't see in, in your reality, Laura, is they didn't realize that they were doing the same thing because they kept hiding that behind their reality versus, you know, embracing it and moving with it like you did
2: yeah yeah i could see that because i i have um my family members would see things and then i would i'd hear them say oh that's just my imagination they constantly put down their imagination right you know like in harry potter it says and when dumbledore's on the station with harry at the very end of the book i've said this before and i'm going to say it again he says harry says is this for real, or or is this all in my head? And Dumbledore says, "Well, it's co- of course it's in your head, Harry." But what is? Why does that mean it's not real? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Delightful. So let me go over a little bit of the scientific stuff, and it, again, we uh, we have to call it pseudoscience in most cases because science hasn't actually figured out how this works but with the third eye when you look at the the forehead there's actually brain matter there and in the third eye there's the brain matter and the eye matter in the front of the forehead which allows you to communicate with others in a way that you can't with any other part of your body. The third eye has three components from what I've studied. It has the connection to the mind, the connection to the brain and the connection to the heart and these three pieces together when they work simultaneously create what most people recognize as an active third eye but what not everyone understands is the third eye is active all the time but when it doesn't have the fuel or these components working together it can seem that it's not and what I'd like to do is I'd like to go back to what Monica had brought up which is how she would hear her own voice and that is part of the mind connection of the third eye when the greater part of yourself is involved you're going to hear more of the information that is outside of your body so the mind that's not restricted to just the body like the brain is has this connection to all of the information in the universe and it's that softer quieter part of what you hear and Monica if you don't mind I'd like to have you speak a little bit more on what it felt like to hear that voice and what kind of things you might have been hearing.
0: Of course, um so this would happen on a regular and I remember the first time I believe I was maybe four, five, six. And um and I remember it was just very clear, it was just the most soothing, truthful thing that I knew more than I knew anything else. If I couldn't trust anything else. I knew this to be the truth above everything else. And it was just the gentlest, safest sort of um, feeling that came with it. So um, that's actually one way that I pick up on information. And and, and uh, another way that I pick it up on things is sometimes I just have a knowing, like I'll just know things without having that voice. So I, things come to me in various ways. But Whenever I'm in that space, I just pause and I'm listening to that voice, and it just feels the the fullest wholeness that you could experience, that truest peace, and that that most loving and all encompassing hug
2: nice. of pure love
0: that you could feel. So, I mean, this wasn't something this when when these moments come to me, they. Come so clearly that there's no room for doubt, there's no room for fear right and It's just the most beautiful moments
1: and I think that connects to that discernment that John was mentioning that you you can just feel that this is your truth, you can feel that there's n- you don't have to be afraid of the information you don't have to question it It's just like you said, you just know it's real, uh
0: mm-hmm. I know it I know it be more real than, you know, the chair I'd be sitting on and than anything else.
1: Right. I can remember in, in second grade in my class, we would take a test. And when I was taking the test, I would have this knowing of the answer, whether I paid attention <laughs> to the class or not. I was one of those daydreamers that would leave my body quite often. But I would still be able to find the answer to a question because it was out there. And I actually think, um, Phoenix and I have never spoken about this, but I think she has a connection to this information, too, where you suddenly just know the answer. And um, would you say, Phoenix, that you had that kind of support through your your schooling or through some kind of job situation?
4: Uh, definitely. Uh, you were speaking, and, and I was thinking, wow, I really relate to that. I also relate to a lot of what Monica is saying as well. Uh yeah, definitely had that support. Um school was super easy because of stuff like that.
1: Yep. Nice. I think that a lot of people would recognize then when they start to look back through their education and through um times when they're challenged with a question that they might not know that they have a connection to that. How about you, Laura?
2: Yeah, and I also wanted to um talk about some of the things that people don't expect when they're third eye opens up. Like, um, I wanted to bring the conversation, what to expect, you know, and what not to expect. Um, I just lost my thoughts. So keep going.
1: Uh, that's okay. I think Hanaya actually has some good response to that. You know, what is it that we can expect as our third eye starts to open? How does that feel? And, and what can we look forward to?
5: I'm learning a lot from listening to you guys. I'm thinking, golly, um, um, it's just, you become aware of more than you were before probably is the primary thing that I've noticed. Um, you know, you're not crazy when you hear voices (laughs) or when you know things it is, it's, it's just part of who you are. And, um, uh, it's reassuring to have that, you know, that constant communication going on. And in the times when I've been, I believe, really, truly connected to my higher self. There's nothing more soothing and loving than, that's the most soothing, loving experience I think I've ever had. It's it's wonderful.
1: Um, Nice, very nice. I agree with you. Um, I do want to bring up the small idea that when when our third eyes first open, we can actually hit some trauma too, but we'll get into that in the second half. For those of you that are just joining our room today, we're talking about spiritual awakening and third eye activation and what you can expect. In general, so far we've spoken about this connection and this feeling of peace. And I would like John to go ahead and comment next, if you don't mind, John, on what that feels like. Where in your body can you feel that connection? Where do you recognize that in a moment of support?
6: Sure. Thanks, Christine. Uh, It's, uh, I think it's probably going to be a little different for everybody. Um, So I'll share my own personal experiences with that. Um, Well, first of all, I had something I wanted to add to the idea. Um, I'll just keep going and it'll come back to me. Um, So I think that as you develop this discernment, like I was talking about before, um, in terms of what you, the, the images or intuitions or, or voices or ideas that come to you, um, trying to discern whether they are your own or whether they are um, something that's coming from a higher source. And it's not always black and white like that either, right? Um, you know, there are messages and, 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 and intuitions that are going to be um, interpreted through your own um, ideologies and through your own uh, belief systems, and so not everything is a pure transmission from another source. Um, but like you know, um, we said earlier, it's it's not necessarily that it's going to feel like something is coming from outside of you. And I think part of that developing that discernment is learning for yourself um, what it does feel like, um, what um, a different uh, message feels like in terms of of where the source is it might be coming from or the energy of it or the frequency of it, all those different um, aspects of, of intuitions and messages and, and these um, these gifts that we're, that we're able to receive uh, come from are gonna change it a little bit.
1: I, um, yeah, I agree Gabriel, with you. Where a lot of us might, in the beginning, it might be a louder voice or a quieter voice depending on who you are and what you're used to listening to. That makes perfect sense.
6: Yeah, and I'll just share another thought or two. Um, Mary Gabrielle, who works with me at the Modern Masters, um, has been doing a lot of uh, transmissions and channeling lately, and she describes it as a different flavor, um, as uh, in terms of trying to kind of get a holistic sense of when something is coming from something that's different than your own self. Um, I wouldn't use the word flavor for my own experiences. For me, um, I think... What happens to me is I get I feel like I'm vibrating differently so sometimes I'll get I'll tremble or sometimes I will have a sense a feeling inside of me like a um a shiver will run through me or um, even when I get when I spend a lot of time and I get uh, quite deeply connected um, I'll get kind of a my I'll feel uh, like ticklish on the inside like my blood is ticklish. Um, in the sense of, and I, I what I interpret that is, uh, what I is a, um, a higher and vibration, the going body, or going through my DNA, that I'm actually becoming aware of and able to sense, and those things to me um, help guide me along that path of of determining, you know, the, the certain frequency of what the message is that I'm receiving, uh, as well as the source, and as you start to um, practice this receiving, you start to associate feelings and sensations with certain sources and with certain frequencies. And I think that, um, to kind of finish this thought, one of the great ways that we can become better at this is to record those things in a journal or in a, um, in a yeah, magical journal where you say, Oh, today I had this experience and it made me feel this way. And it, I got this message. And then as you look back on those over time, you'll start to associate those correlations and start to develop a a system of, of being able to do that better.
1: John, that's an excellent point. I really, really like that because a lot of people think that the third eye is just about them. But like you said, you can receive messages from anywhere once the third eye is open. It's part of the great I am and how we're all connected. And absolutely recording that information makes it easier to look back at it and use your discernment to, was this me? Was this someone else? Is this something that has my best interest in mind? Because not everything is always um, coming from, like you said, a pure source. Would you agree?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And I I also don't mean to kind of disparage our own intuition in the sense of saying that something from an external source is better. Um, Again, it's like you said, really being able to discern where it's coming from and then using that in your judgment of its accuracy or its applicability to the situation at hand.
1: Right, right. How you want to apply it to your life or how you want to dismiss it because it's not relevant to the direction you want to go. Um, I just see Laura flash a minute ago. Laura, did you have a comment you wanted to add?
2: I do have a comment I want to add. I hope you all don't mind. If you all want to speak up, just flash your microphones. Um, You were talking about how you feel things. I just wanted to let you know how I feel things a little bit, just in case some people resonate with this. Um, When I'm having some kind of knowing, there's absolutely no emotion associated with it at all. And that's when it's a deep knowing that's from within me. So for instance, I went to a party, a Christmas party, and we were signing up to win these prizes. And I said, I'm going to win the VCR with those movies While I'm in the bathroom, it was as plain as day. It was like saying the sky is blue. This is how it is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and there's no emotion attached to it. I wasn't excited to win it. It's just how it was. So that's one way that my intuition works uh, on one level. Then, whenever, sometimes, whenever I hear something that that feels really true to me, I get chills all over my body. And then other times when I can tell it's from an outside source, I'll actually feel pressure, like either emotional pressure or pressure inside of my body or like telepathy on the left side of my head, just like you feel. Right. So thanks for letting me share.
1: Absolutely. Another thing where you might feel pressure, this is common for a third eye, an activated third eye, is you feel pressure in your chest. And now why would that be so? If the third eye is in the forehead, why would you feel it in your chest? and that comes with a fully activated third eye combines the mind and the brain and then the energy of that that connection drops down into the heart there's also brain material in the heart and it leads you then from a place um, before thought it leads you through the emotional connection and it keeps you um, bonded to all of that as a human being versus just a thought or or knowledge because being human is more than just thinking or knowing; it's the feeling part of ourselves, and I think Laura has a little bit of a connection—not Laura Cantu, but Laura Jones. I think you have a little bit of connection to that, when you've been studying uh, Sanskrit, that you've been able to feel vibrations from that information that resonate and and show your awareness. Would you agree?
8: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I think um, that's that's been one of the most rewarding parts about the research i'm currently doing is it just feels right like if i'm reading these texts and i say it out loud and it it just kind of like fills your whole body with this wisdom that comes from thousands of years ago Uh, it's pretty incredible how the connection is shared throughout time and space
1: Wow, that is interesting, too, that when the third eye is open, there's no um, restriction of time and space. Everything just exists simultaneously. I do see a hand raised by Lisa, and Lisa, we are trying to keep comments and questions to a few minutes at a time. Would you like to go ahead and, uh, and, and, and let us know what you'd like to speak about today?
2: And also just to be aware that we are recording so if you participate in the conversation with us you will be on our
7: podcast. Oh and thank you for letting me join your room. I just wanted to say that I experienced the third eye when I closed my eyes I see indigo. It started when I was practicing yoga and I also spent a week with Deepak Chopra and it's helped me get into deep meditation very quickly.
1: Ah, so focusing on the color indigo is what, what helps you get there quickly?
7: No, when, when I when I am when my third eye is open, when I do close my eyes, I instantly see that beautiful indigo purple color, but when I want to reach it, I do yoga, ah. and um, my, my first yoga teacher, he would do a very intense pose and then make us meditate, a very intense pose, and then make us meditate, Interesting. and that's how I was able to open my third eye.
1: Nice, because it brings the body connection into play. Uh, we're going to go ahead and let Phoenix respond to that, and then Monica after, please. Hey,
7: thanks,
4: Christine. Yeah, I just wanted to say that that's one of the ways, uh, like Lisa, uh, that I I know that something is going on. Um, I can just close my eyes, not all the time, but, um, I'd say half of the time and I, I get an indigo swirl, uh, sort of pulsating with the color green. And I don't, you know, admittedly know like book knowledge or, you know, I haven't read a whole lot about it, but, uh, it's always, I just intuited that as like maybe third eye and heart chakra kind of just sort of intermingling or something. But but I I experience that a lot. And and in fact, like trying to sleep it, 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 it can kind of I'll have to turn a light on to sort of get it to stop. So yeah, I can, (laughs) I, I know what you're talking about. And, and that's, that's what happened when I, you know, in meditation, when I meditate and I drop, it feels like I'm dropping down into another like dropping down in my body
1: and mm-hmm.
4: and that's what's that's what starts to happen and yeah
0: it's beautiful.
1: Nice. And Monica?
0: I actually wanted to go back to Laura Cantu what um what you said. Um I was trying to figure out how to flash the microphone thing earlier but uh Laura exactly what you said is the same way that it happens for me. There's no emotion. There's just this deep, deep peace. I'll make a statement in that moment. And that is exactly what happens. I also want to add to it. Um, also, it's those moments where there is zero attachment to it, that you know what, this happens, it happens. Great. It doesn't happen. Great. Something else wonderful will. And Christine, to what you said about it, that you, you know, you'll feel um, why you feel sometimes when you're getting a message, that something uh in the heart um i want to that's very well said i want to say on that point that there's moments where i know where it's not quite coming from the right source when there's something trying to come through and it's not quite right you end up feel I've, i'll feel it in different parts of my body when there's different energies and you'll feel a fear with it so it just doesn't quite feel that same fully trusting safe um comforting soothing energy that comes with it so one way to not to be aware of when it's not coming from the right sources when when there's too much emotion or not good emotion associated with it
1: I agree I remember when I first was um, exploring on a deeper level that I would be talking with something and it would be offering me things and then I would be like but wait that doesn't align with the kindness life that I want to live and they would get angry. That right there for me is a key. If there's over emotion or an exaggeration of emotion it's not my third eye that's communicating with me. It's something external trying to get to me through that process. Uh, So I also earlier Samuel said some things about his connection to literature and knowledge and if you would Sam I'd like you to share a couple of things that people might go ahead and read to help them understand more of this information.
3: Thanks. This is so great. I love listening to everybody's stories um, and all their share. So that's when I first um, got on the path. That's kind of how I figured out this new world. I had to go to Barnes & Noble and go to you know, the spirituality section and read, read, read. <laughs> um, I was doing a martial art called Aikido at the time, which was, was a very intuitive martial art, actually. And uh, my teacher was a Paramahansa Yogananda guy. And it took me about a year, I think, after I met him that I read my first book. And it was um, like, Laura, what you said about the vibration coming off the words. That's exactly what that experience at that time was for me, reading Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, and he has a lovely description of what intuition is there. Um essentially anything by Yogananda, you get a wonderful the ABCs of it, uh, from that particular, uh, uh, Hindu point of view, which, um, you know, I've appreciated. Um, but if you read, uh, anything by a gentleman named Tom Brown Jr., um, he's more on the, uh, holistic natural side. He's a tracker and, a I'm nature awareness guy and he teaches people to survive in the wilderness. He's been doing it for about 45 years. Um, he's got a book called awakening spirits that I found wonderful. It's got embedded meditations, um, um, which help you go into stillness and they're all more on the native American shamanic side, I would say. Um, and then finally, uh, if anybody is, um, into martial arts or just wants a unique perspective. Um, uh, the founder of Aikido, he kind of had, a um, was a, a, awakened. He survived the Japanese Russo war. He said, um, he could see spots of light and if he'd avoided them, he knew he could avoid the bullets. And so he had a enhanced intuition, I would say. And he wrote a book called the teachings of Aikido, uh, Budo, the teachings of Aikido. Um, And uh, that's a a great book on um, kind of uh, the topic here. So I'd say those three authors are the three that I go to when I need to kind of ground myself and um, get back to the basics.
1: Nice, really nice. Uh, Wow, good job. I'm really enjoying this, but I do want to go ahead and do um, a method. I want to have a practice. And Laura had mentioned that I could do that, but I feel more compelled to ask Kanaya Hanaya, you have a connection to colors and how that awakens the third eye through the heart. If you're okay, can I get you to lead us for three to five minutes through a process of feeling the heart through color to open the third eye?
5: Wow. Um, I'm thinking maybe you know something I haven't realized just yet. Uh, I was doing a whole bunch of Reiki for our clubhouse meeting today. And I I think I want to just softly decline because I didn't know that I did that.
1: Not a problem. What I will do then is I will harness what I feel from you and I will go ahead and lead everyone through this.
5: All right. I'm going to share it with you.
1: Awesome. Quietly. <laughs> Thank you so much. So when we are opening the third eye, if we start in the forehead, we're likely to be stronger in the brain activation of the third eye than the full connection. So if we start then through the heart chakra, feeling the space in the chest as if you were to put your palm on the center of your chest. And for some of us, it's it's better to do that to have the physical connection first to the body so if you'd like to put your palm on your chest and just feel the pressure of that and maybe move your hand up a little down you know up and down about a half an inch so that you can feel that space inside the body the movement creates then a vibration where you can again feel and connect to that part of the physical form and as you do so you want to go ahead and relax your shoulders and your shoulders should roll back slightly as you're connecting and the third eye part of the heart. And that's a natural state. It's also, many people find during meditation of connecting to the third eye that their shoulders tend to relax and roll back slightly instead of forward in the protective state. So we're just gonna rest now as we breathe a little deeper and a little slower into our hearts. And as we do so, we're gonna ask ourselves not to define who we are, but to recognize the honor of who we are. And what does that mean to our soul? See, as the heart and soul, they overlap. And so as we feel that respect of ourselves, this connection, this, this ongoing triumph of the body being the house for the heart and soul to conspire and to experience life as one. And then we roll the shoulders back purposely we rise into the third eye again. You might feel pressure at the top of your head. You might feel a little bit of tingling. But as we rise back up into our third eye and into our head, we realize that the third eye connection is not restricted to just the forehead. It actually moves through three quarters of the top of the head. And it connects then both the mind, the brain, the left and right side of the brain as one. We're just going to relax into that feeling of connection, how it can belong to us and not to others. Now let me identify that a little stronger because when we relax into that connection of the brain and the mind as one, you might also feel down in the root chakra kind of a triangle created between the two halves of the brain and the root chakra. And in doing so, you'll feel this expansive ability to feel and know more as one. Now, while we sit in that open space, we want to focus on first white, the color of white, as that has all things available. And in the third eye, all things are always available simultaneously. We want to relax and we want to understand that if we sit too long in our thoughts the color will dissipate so we want to just focus on that color of the light and how bright it can be and you might notice too as you focus on the color of the light that you will feel again the shoulders tend to relax back and you will feel pressure on the back of the body and what that is is that's the will energy that we tend to discard coming into the body to support the process of the third eye the third eye activation and, and experience is not a, is not restricted again to just the forehead. It's a whole body experience and as we bring all of these parts in we'll start to see colors. It's, it's very normal to see colors and whatever color you're seeing is where the general focus is going. If you see blue maybe your focus is going to your throat, what you need to share, what you want to experience, how you want to listen to yourself if you see the indigo, well then you're perhaps you need to open your mind a little more to information that you've been waiting to receive that you've been asking for that hasn't come in solidly but as you open to that it becomes real it it connects you between space and time. If you find that you're seeing more earthly colors you might become aware that you've been out of your body too long and your grounding is now activated because your third eye is functioning wholly and that grounding will bring you into the deeper reds and browns of the earth and oranges that really bring the core of the body into connection with the third eye. Take a deep breath and just really enjoy all of this information as it swirls and comes in. We tend to want to get excited about what we hear in these moments and what I would ask for people when they're checking in with their third eye is not to do it with a question but to do it with stillness. The stillness is what allows that quieter sound, that quieter vibration to come in from the soul to the heart and then connect fully with the body and the third eye as one. And that to me is where we can get the most information. When we restrict, we tend to get one side or another. We tend to see one thing or another. But when all of these parts are working together, it's a whole experience. I'm just going to let everyone take a few deep breaths and come back from these thoughts into our common reality. Here we're talking about spiritual awakening and the third eye activation, what to expect. And. I would like to ask um, Laura, do we want to continue? We're coming up to an hour now. Do we want to go ahead and continue with some more observations of experiences?
2: Yeah, let me ask. Since I have several people on Clubhouse that are following right now, let me ask them if they have any questions. So, yeah, if you want to go ahead and continue the conversation while I'm asking, um, I'll get some questions over here, and then we'll move
1: Oh. All right. That sounds good. Um, John, thank you for coming. John's already mentioned that he will have to be leaving. I appreciate your time and your attention and the energy that you bring to this room.
8: Thank you, Christine. It's great to be here.
6: And I'm so happy to have had the chance to talk and and share these ideas with everybody. Yeah.
2: Thank you, John. Thank you for joining us. Great.
1: Okay. Okay, so while we wait for Laura to bring us some um, conversation items, questions, or do you have some now, Laura?
2: Yeah, I've got some comments. Thank, thank you, everyone, for sharing their stories. It's so nice. And then someone else said, everything was green for me, green and purple. OMG. And this time it was really bright.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs>
2: And then I have, uh, I have some more comments. Let me, let me look through some of the comments that we have here.
1: Okay. While you do that, I'm going to go ahead and, and speak to Laura Jones again. And Okay. Laura, they, mm-hmm. there's something. Let's see. Actually, do you have something in mind already, or do I need to pull it from you?
8: You can pull it.
1: Okay. There's this <laughs> feeling that comes up. When you're connected to your third eye, it actually comes in, I call it the hearth, which is the space between two chakras, and it's between your throat and your heart chakra that you feel it, and it's this vibrational experience that has a lot of power. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay, could you expand on that and share some of that experience with us, please?
8: <laughs> um, yeah, I think... The first time I realized it, um, <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you when it was. It was so disconnected, um, but it, well, I shouldn't say disconnected. It was very deeply connected to everything all at once. <laughs> so disconnected from the moment. In a right, way. right. Um, years ago, though, and it, uh, it was a, a moment where what, I knew to be true collided with what I thought should be true.
1: Ah, that is a powerful moment in third eye activation when you realize that your belief systems have been controlling your reality and they actually conflict with the truth of who you are. Mm
8: Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think um i still hold that there it it uh in a way is both open because of the awareness but it's also i think it's always going to be in that particular place as soon as you said it i can like <laughs> it feels like there's something physically there um
1: yes definitely mm-hmm. right so that's another thing when we're looking at our how our activation of the third eye is empowering us is when you have either a belief that tends to be in conflict with your truth you're going to find somewhere in your body that feeling and you may decide to stay there because it's a safe place and it allows you then to be both simultaneously aware of your connection while still carrying these beliefs. Um, So Laura the idea would be what I'm trying to get at is the idea would be you might have a belief in a relationship that you hang on to because it makes a relationship easier but you still feel the truth inside of the body there. Do you understand? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And So you allow yourself to stay connected to both the delusion and the truth simultaneously because the delusional part of you still has something to offer.
8: Yes, totally. I think we can learn from everything good and bad and
1: indifferent. <laughs> yes, and see so that's another thing that I think people who when their third eye is opening they don't necessarily understand that it's okay to still be who you were until it doesn't feel good anymore. So for instance when I had a Girl Scout troop they would go on and on with their drama. And for a while I was like, okay, why are they still stuck here? Why are they (laughs) living in this reality? And how do we then move them through it? And I realized as long as you're enjoying this part of your life, just because your third eye is open and sees that there's something else doesn't mean you give it up. As long as you're enjoying it, you move forward with it. And at any moment that it no longer serves you, that's when you let it go.
8: Yeah, and I I think that moment, um, when it happens, it will be natural. And I I don't think any time that we try to force it to happen is the right time.
1: Oh, I totally agree with that. I saw, Laura Cantu, you were flashing. uh, Do you have something for us?
2: Yes, I have a really excellent question. And the question is, is opening your third eye the same as spiritual awakening?
1: Ah, so who would like to answer that question?
2: I can take first stab at it. All right. And then other people can give their opinion.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. Get going.
2: Okay. So in my estimation, the opening of your third eye is a benefit or consequence of spiritual awakening. So whenever you spiritually awaken, the opening of your third eye happens automatically. But there are some people, I think, that work very hard on opening their third eye without um, connecting to spirit in the same way as we talk about with spiritual awakening. So Um. it's double-fold. Mine is a double-folded answer here.
1: Right. So let me see if I understand you. You're saying that the third eye is a consequence of awakening, but if you still are holding the veil in place you might not necessarily recognize all of the parts of your awakening moment?
2: Yes, because I know that there's some people that just want to practice the psychic ability, the channeling and things like that and continue to hand their power over to outside sources and their third eye is open. But whenever, but the difference between that and, in my opinion, what spiritual awakening is, is whenever you start bringing the power... And trusting yourself more and raising your own frequencies. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yes. I see Phoenix would like to also um, bring on this something about this. Go
4: ahead. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so for me, and I do, this is a kind of bringing up that same question for myself because you and I were talking earlier, Christine. So I, I believe that my third eye has been open since I can remember mm-hmm. but I I I don't think I had you know what I would call a spiritual awakening until the year 2001 and so and, and that happened through meditation just the very first time I meditated and I bought a book that was the pocket guide to meditation literally that's what it was called and it was this little tiny book I just read through it real fast and then meditated and that was the most life changing experience, the most real thing I've ever, you know. I got in touch with what was real, with like capital R, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, that's that's kind of was my experience with that.
1: You know, that's a really good point. I can recognize in my own life that I had these awakening moments, and uh, for instance, is I was getting really, really ill and I had three small children at the time and I didn't know what to do and I was just in the shower one day and it it funneled in so fast and so quick and again the third eye has to be open for that kind of information just to rush in and I totally understood in that moment why I was getting sick what it was going to mean to my life the challenges it would bring and the success that I would I would accomplish from those challenges and I think that's part of the the open third eye is that things are no longer a problem you can recognize everything as a benefit in your life and for me before I could get out of the shower and dial a phone number everything started to fade I mean it was so clear a hundred percent crystal clear and if I hadn't called my friend I would have forgot the moment had even happened but by the time she got on the phone I told her what I just told you guys. I couldn't even remember any of the details and I think that again is the effect of the veil, how we're protecting ourselves based on our beliefs and the challenges that we're willing to acknowledge in the moment and it's this thing of then balancing our awareness with the beliefs that we're holding. Now um, one last thing and then I'm gonna have Laura Cantu speak again is with that moment, I looked back and I realized I was totally awake. But because I carried beliefs that conflicted with my ability to live that awareness, I brought the veil back in place and I went right back to sleep. And I think many of us awaken a hundred times before we start to realize this has been happening. And if we don't communicate that moment with someone else, it tends to just slip away, just like our dreams do. And Laura, what would you like to say?
2: Actually, I had a comment from, from someone else, but I want to piggyback on what you said and, and say absolutely agree with you 100%. Awake, spiritual awakening, having your third eye turned on, um, sometimes it happens really big for people. And they, and actually a lot of times, at least for me, I get this great big aha experience and then the veil slips in again and it's, oh, it's awakening one, a hundred times over and over and over and fighting to make your way back there. And also I remember, um, the biggest point in my spiritual awakening is when i actually had to choose to believe and that was the hardest thing to do because i had been so used to putting everything to imagination that to actually choose to believe that what i was experiencing as real was uh it was tremendous it took a ton of courage i belong in gryffindor <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, it did it took so much courage to do that and to back it up and to To constantly remind myself, no, this is real, this is real. And then eventually, I didn't have to do that anymore. And things became so much easier to see and to know. But before I continue, I want to tell you some comments that are going on here. There's someone that shared that says, they say, my awakening came after trauma. I could see what was going on, but could not speak. So that's another way for these things to turn on. And then someone else says, I gained my power and could speak to survive. And that was the same person that said that. And then the next person said, the veil is the pre-existing programming.
1: Right, right. I can understand that too. Now this brings us to a concept that we haven't broached yet regarding the third eye. And that's the moment of no return. So Laura and I both have mentioned that we may wake up a thousand times or a hundred times before we start to realize what's actually happening. And then there's a point of no return where you wake up and you, you fight to stay awake, where it's so important to you to keep that connection. And I would like to hear from the panel if any of you have, if you remember that moment where you're like, never again, I'm never going back to being asleep. And I see Monica here would like to share. Thank you.
0: Hi. Yes. So I just want to first of all say all of that, everything, Laura and Christine, everything you both said. And I think that point of awakening where you try to hold on to it, um, you know, we wake up a hundred times, a thousand times. And then that point where we try to hold on to it also a thousand times, um, we we keep trying to bring ourselves back to that um actually if i can i i'd like to share something that that came to me like a little bit of my story and my journey on this
1: that would be excellent thank you
0: okay okay so like i said you know there's those moments that i had where i was so super clearly connected and i mean looking back the more i've you know spoken with people like everyone here and heard all these stories and heard all these speakers at all these conferences i mean absolutely amazing people that i've been so blessed to meet and um the more i look back the more i see you know what i was always connected i was always in touch with spirit i was always um in tune and had my intuition and third eye open and had i was so on the ball with things even as a kid sometimes i think more than i wasn't as an adult but i want to say to that point um the message I got when I was, I don't remember in like pre school or something. Um, I remember I was crying and this voice clearly in my mind was saying, remember how this moment feels so that when you see others go through this, you know, pain and sadness and trauma, you will be able to help them get out of it quicker. And I so clearly understood the implication of everything. And I this is, this is the words, you know, as you're explaining to a child of four or five or whatever age I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Laying out my life path for me. So wow. I'd always pay attention to things like that to, you know, help people make you. What do I want to do with my life? Help people feel better. Then I got the voice um, telling me again, I don't feel things the way others do. I, I feel my emotional. Um, okay, so my predominant gift is you know, I touch on many different things, but on the emotional plane, I can feel, see a lot of what people are thinking or feeling, or I know the feel or the vibration or where it's leading to like a map, what I need to do with them, et cetera. And then right. I remember consciously choosing or perhaps consciously becoming aware of my contract and my journey for this life. Um, you know, another time in grade five, I, that's when I got the message, I feel things differently than others. And I didn't fully understand it. I'm like, how so? How do they feel it? Because I didn't understand why would it be different. And grade seven or eight, I had the very clear, very consciously agreeing, okay, I'm going to go deep into the muck so that I really master getting everybody else out quicker and teach people and help others come out of it quicker. So basically, I, I think from there, I started to experience so many types of, um, Pain and trauma and emotional, all a lot of emotional traumas and all sorts of things, to be able to fully, truly understand the difference between being in the light and being in the muck, in the distortion, in the fear, in the disconnection from your yourself, from um, source, spirit. You know. Yes. Um, and and I think it is possible. Uh, what was being said earlier about being in both spaces that you can be conscious and deep down I knew who I was I knew what I was but I let people tell me things that you know what no I was bad because I was always sort of going you know against the grain in a sense like Polish culture it's always like the stiff upper lip like very much like the British culture Mm -hmm. you smile you make polite small talk you don't go deep you don't say truths and I was always the office and i'm like no but this is what you we need to do right now because you're crying about this problem here let me help you and i would do it with so much love that i would have laid down my life for the people around me but it was always um shut down and said no you know what like that's a bad thing to do that's rude you're a bad person and and i started to Go into that and have those beliefs, even though I knew the truth, and it took me a long time to realize people don't want to know the truth. People don't want to face and do anything about the terrible emotions and struggles they're going through. They want to stay there, right? You and know, I
1: didn't- Monica, when I met you, I remember feeling that about you, and I just want to—I want to bring it to be clear—is. When I met Monica, I could feel that she understood everyone's pain, that she had had personal experiences. And what I saw as different was when people get into that painful place, they continue to harm themselves with their pain. And what you understood was how to show them that that was unnecessary, that you can have this experience without diving into it and making it your truth.
0: Yes. But then, you know, when you go into it, I had to also learn how it is so easy for i had to understand and learn compassion for why people get stuck there why it's yes. just so hard and painful and you don't want to look at it because it's just you know pulling off the bandaid it's just so much more painful to face it to go through it to let it go to heal it than it is to just stay there and close your eyes and just bury your head in the sand so it's it's impossible i mean not impossible but it's very different going only from the light and saying, okay, kid, get up, get up. Come on. You can do better. I believe in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not understanding where they're at.
1: Correct. Right. Because when you embrace their feelings and you can see it with compassion, you understand that they're, they're not necessarily there because they want to be there, but they know no other way. And yes, exactly. you have that ability to show them, Hey, there is another way. There is an option. But uh, they're I, important. Go
0: ahead. Um, if I may, okay, so the important part of that as well, I need to add in here. They need to be able to look in my eyes and see that I understand where they're coming from in order for them to not feel judged, to feel that they're safe with me and that they can process it with me. And I'll hold their hand the whole way through and they need to know it's okay. They're not being judged. It's, and, right. and I fully see the good, the bad and the ugly and it's all okay because without that without being seen and recognized and having their pain felt and for them to trust that i see it i understand it and i'm really not judging that's sometimes so healing in itself
1: right 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 the safe place is a very important thing to have in your life and if you if you can't find that in in somewhere else then even finding a stranger that you can connect to and know that they don't have that judgment for you it gives you that safe place
0: and that's been the story of my life, basically. I've had strangers come up to me and tell me their life stories. I've had hmm. friends take me with them and turn around for two seconds, and then I'm in the corner whispering with the girls, and and they're telling me their life secrets, and they're like, "Don't tell anybody." Then they'd ask, <laughs> okay, "What are you two talking about? You met them five seconds ago." I'm like, "I can't say. I want to secrecy." <laughs> Even though they've they been friends they've been friends for twenty years. I've been friends with them for five minutes. Nice. That's I that's wonderful. I can't tell you.
1: Uh, I saw Laura Cantu. What did you want to add?
2: Okay, I have a question here. Does anyone get headaches from the third eye staying on?
1: Ooh, actually... um, Yes. Ah, so Samuel gets that. I have actually the opposite. When I deny my connection to my third eye I get a headache so if I'm wanting to hold on to only my belief instead of the truth that's coming in I get a headache
2: interesting
1: now Sam yeah, how...
2: I, I tend to do the same thing I tend to do the same thing as you Christine I get headaches whenever there's information coming in and I don't want to see it
1: right now Sam how did you experience the headaches
3: I think for me it's uh starting the in a meditative place it's starting to over focus on that particular area as opposed to like the practice we did earlier keeping uh, an awareness of the heart yeah. um, like you know how in your practice uh and it was such a good reminder for me so thank you so much you know keeping awareness in the heart and even all the way down to the chakra um i'll just I think I naturally go to the third eye and focus there cause it feels good, but then it starts to get a little bit um, heavy and it's, I can't say that it's an information trying to reach me. I don't sense that it's just lack of awareness in the rest of the body in a mm-hmm. holistic
2: manner. So um, that's where I'm
1: at. Ah, brilliant. Brilliant. I like that mm-hmm. awareness. Yes, Laura.
2: So there was a comment here on um, the thread that says when I block myself, I get sick and, Um, Thank you so much for sharing this. I'm not the only one. I wanted to address that, too, because I'm exactly the same way. If I block the truth of my heart and the truth of my being, I get sick. And um, it's a very physical reaction. It's it's almost, I think, our way of saying, well, if we're not going to live the truth and the the beings that we came here to be or that we are, then what are we doing here?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent observation. I know for myself, The main reason I decided to fight for my third eye staying open was because I had developed multiple sclerosis, which is definitely um, a consequence of a closed third eye. And it's when you can see the reality, you know what it can be, but yet you keep accepting everyone's delusions as the truth. And I would support their delusions because I wanted to be kind to them. and. It was me giving too much of myself to their story and not living my story at all.
2: Yes, I completely agree with you, Christine. And in fact, there was another comment here that talks about exactly that. They said, I need a nap from too much awareness. It becomes heavy. And that goes along with what you were saying is that when your third eye opens, if you continue to hang on other people's reality as your own instead of living through your joy and who you are, then that it definitely becomes a heavier place to live.
1: True. Um, Can
2: I piggyback off of that real quick? Yes, uh, please. On the
3: heaviness and the third eye. Um, I think my point of no return and wanting to eternally shed the ego wasn't so much a pain point. There were plenty of those, but it's the the first couple times I was in a retreat type places and just the love that was able to manifest of me. And um, everything and everybody around me and whether they were in quote unquote ego or not, was just okay. And there was this understanding and compassion for it, and the love was so huge. You know, when I came home from the retreat, and I was still in that space. Um, it was like that. So it wasn't so much a pain point, but experiencing the potential we have to experience and body love and just loving compassion for everything. Right. Um, that was my point of no return. I just wanted to be able to share that.
1: I love that.
3: Of, yeah. It dovetails off of what we talked about last week or two weeks ago, you know, about love, love, love. I think somebody said that. That mm-hmm. was their quote. Love, love, love.
1: <laughs> right. I have something that connects to that idea as well is I woke up and it all made perfect sense to me. But then I looked around and the rest of the world wasn't there. And I was like, wait a minute, how can I be the only one here? How can I be the only one seeing this and be compassionate and still be okay? Because being compassionate for others then allowed me to become too empathic and to really accept their pain as their reality. And I didn't want that for them because I knew it wasn't required. And so then my point of no return also became my fighting for living my truth because if I did that if I lived my truth then others would come along and so it became this big deal of becoming the full expression of myself in every moment and by being that that again I couldn't go back to pretending to agree with people anymore I had to be strong in the truth of who I am and it was because I had that connection to compassion and love like Sam said that if I hadn't had that, I probably would have just fallen asleep again. Yes, Laura.
2: I can, I completely agree with both of you about the um, living to the full expression of yourself. And that's why whenever we do become spiritually awake. So your third eye can turn to not turn on and you can still keep things in your life pretty much as they are. But once you step on the path of spiritual awakening, there's something inside of you that's set, that... Is like an inner guidance system that says you cannot participate in this anymore. This is what you can participate in. And this is why relationships around you will change. And because like, you know, you say, when you change, everyone around you must change or they must fall away. So I think that goes into those ideas too. what you were just speaking of is when you change, it's not just the ideas in your head that have changed. You have embodied an entirely new and different system of frequencies and energies that you've never embodied before and when that happens reality shifts around you.
1: Right and you awaken your synchronicity and I I know both Monica and Lisa have a connection to that synchronistic behavior in their lives and you know down in your root chakra when it comes to food, clothing, shelter, tribal rules. You guys both have had these deep everlasting experiences that because the third eye was open, you could recognize where the delusion was. And you made, you know, you drew a line in the sand and said, no more.
2: I just had a comment. That's where I am. Need my village that aligns and supports me in this journey. That's part of the reason that we're doing this is to create a community where we can all get together and support each other during these times.
1: Nice. Definitely. Um, So Laura, I do see we're coming up on seven o'clock. Would we like to go ahead and wrap up the meeting?
2: Yep. I think it's, it's about time. We've been going for about an hour and a half. So thank you everyone for your time. Thank you for our panelists for joining us. Thank you for all of our TikTok audiences for joining us and Clubhouse. Thanks everybody.
1: Right. Anyone else have a last comment they want to make?
4: This has been wonderful. Go ahead. I was just going to say that this, this has been wonderful. Um, being able to speak and listen and, and the comment from the person on TikTok about community. Yeah. This is why this is really important for me. Cause I have, I've had zero community. Um, my entire life around this until just very recently. So yeah.
7: That's all. Thank you. I'd just like to say thank you to everyone, and especially Phoenix, who invited me to TikTok, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you all.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for thank being you. here. You're welcome. Thank you. And we're going to be building a website where hopefully we can actually build a community and Facebook pages so people can actually talk back and forth and share experiences and things like that. Nice. So that we're we're not so isolated anymore. That's the whole goal, is for all of us to feel supported and be supported as we have come here and we change the world.
1: And Monica?
0: Yes, um, I just want to say this has been such a wonderful group. And Laura, Cantu, and Christine, since I met you both, it was just instant love. <laughs> Thank, you.
1: So
0: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I've been asked to interview before, but you two are the only ones I have ever been able to say yes to, and it instant. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like awesome. Wonderful group. Thank you so much, everyone.
1: And thank Lisa, you, did you... Everyone. Oops, Lisa dropped off. She had flash, but we missed that last comment. All right, guys, you have a wonderful night. Thank you. Have
8: a good night. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Good night, thank everyone. Thank
5: you for sharing your
2: Christmas. Good night, course.
8: everyone. Yes,
5: Christine.
1: No, thank you. Bye.
5: Bye, you guys.